Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I get around a few different places here and there in Australia and other places, and I just love Highway. Amen? I've been coming here preaching for a number of years, and thank God, by His grace, just about maybe 18 months ago, God told us to come and plant ourselves here. And I'm just so grateful for the, the life of this church, what this church stands for, what, you, what our church uh, prioritizes, who Pastor Byron and Anne are. Um, and when you look at the ministries of a church and the fruitfulness of what they give, uh, Highway have excellence in what they give. Look at the youth department and what the youth group is doing in the community. It's excellent, you know. Why don't we thank the Lord for Pastor Dan doing a great job. Pastor Caleb, who for as long as I've been coming here, has been the, the, was the youth pastor. Great work. Pastor Anne is a real prophet of God. Many, many years ago, Pastor, Pastor B mentioned just here, you know, my family and I, we've been very blessed. God's been very, very good to us. But we've walked a few challenging seasons. And, and I was just talking with Pastor Anne just a couple of weeks ago, we went through a very, very difficult season which saw us transition out of pastoral life and by the grace of God into itinerant evangelistic work, which was really easy when you've got four young children and no income. But when you've got the grace of God, when you've got the Word of God with you, amen, if God's for you, no one can be against you. This difficult season hit our life and God spoke to our family that we needed to just come down and lo and behold, years ago, we just really felt that God had to get us prayed for by Pastor Anne. Isn't that awesome? So we weren't even part of the church, but just by reputation, we knew her and we've come here. And, and all these years later, I'm just, honestly, guys, I'm so blessed to be a part of this church. I love this church, what it stands for, what it's been uh, over the years that I've been coming here. And I'm so excited about the future. I look at the grace of God on the expansion into the southern area. And I think that's, guys, we have seen an incredible miracle here. Amen. This is the grace of God to our church. And, and in this season, I really believe God's just going to take us onwards and upwards as a, as a congregation. But I just want to honor you guys on, on, on this special day. Thank you for uh, giving me and entrusting me with the pulpit this evening. I do believe I've heard uh, from the Lord about what to speak about today. So that's always good. Amen. But let's just pray really quickly. And as I pray, I want you to just join me in an attitude of faith because through this afternoon as I've been praying and through the worship here tonight, I could really sense that God wants to do a healing work in, in bodies and in hearts in people here. I want to speak a word of encouragement to everybody. So let's all pray together that we would just get on board with what the Holy Ghost is doing among us. Amen. Lord, we just come before you right now and we thank you. God, that you are at work in the earth in our generation. We thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you, Father, that even when discouragement comes, every tongue that rises against us in the judgment, you will condemn over us. You will speak to that condemning tongue and you will drive it away from our lives because your word says, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen. That passage there from the prophet Isaiah is foretelling over our lives that we are made right with God. We are given 
the nature of his righteousness as a free will gift. Too often we can be caught up in thinking about our lives, how our lives have difficulties and how our lives have challenges, and we can forget just how immense the grace of God that's been given to us truly is. God has promised us victory in our lives. The circumstances that stand before us and look us square in the eye and would scream us down and want to make us believe that we have to bow our knee to the challenges and the difficulties that look us in the face and try to intimidate us, God says to us that He's already given us the victory. Amen? And one of the great challenges that I face as I go through the journey of life, and I think maybe there might be one or two of us here who could agree with me, that as life's challenges and as life's seasons come upon us and we see God do a great thing in one season, when we go to the next season, believing God for a great thing in that next season, it's almost like we go back to square one because we see life on an angle that we never saw it before. And when we may have seen the goodness of God in a past season and a breakthrough in a past season, all of a sudden another challenge stands before us now and we've got to go back to square one. We've got to go back to our knees. We've got to go back to faith and say, God, I don't have the answers here, but I'm going to trust in you. Amen. I don't have the answers, but I'm going to take you at the value of what your word says. Now, the Bible tells us that in the beginning... When he made man, he gave man something very special that he didn't give the rest of all creation. If I was going to give a sermon title to this message tonight, I could call it Awaken in God's Image because I'd want to evoke inside of all of us an understanding that God has created us in his image and what a rare and valuable commodity that is to God the Father. Every single child that's born on this earth is extremely valuable to God. God loves the world, the people like you and I, so much that He gave up His one and only Son, slay Him on a cross to pay the debt for our sin so that we could be given the righteousness of Jesus so that we could be brought back in and made family again with God. I was listening to Pastor B's message this morning, and I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to preach tonight? Because he's saying all the stuff that I was going to say. But that's just God, amen? That's just God at work. So we're going to go through some of that content in a different fashion here. But I want to have a look right now. If we're going to make point one in a sermon called Awaken in God's Image, I'd make point one to say that God's image, my friends, God's image is nested in you. The Bible tells us that the devil wanted to be God. He wanted to be in the place and the power and the glory and the magnificence of who God is. He wanted to take God's throne and be God. He wanted who God was for himself. So when the devil looks out into the earth and sees people who are made in the image of who God is, the devil doesn't like to see that. Because we're a reminder of what he could never have. What caused him to get selfish and fall from grace. Have a look with me in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. So right there in this passage talking about the creation of humanity, we see that as God creates, he creates the first man and the first woman. They're in his image, but they're both different. They both carry a different element of who God is. The message I think that speaks to me as I read that is that not one person who's made different is less valuable than another person that's made different. Now, we live in a society today where there's great value placed on certain shapes of a person's figure, certain shapes of a person's bank account, certain shapes of a person's career. We live in a world that wants to conform us to a prepackaged image of what happiness and what wealth is and what great futures are made of. It wants to conform us to a cookie-cutter Mold, But see, when God makes something, he doesn't make anything by mistake. He makes it beautiful and he makes it right there in his image. Genesis 5 and verse 2 says this, He created the male and female, watch this, and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Notice there that inside mankind is male and female. Doesn't seem like he's made one to be the boss and one to be the underling. How could, if if God has made men to be like the the driving, grinding force over women and slave master to women, and, and men were to push women aside because women were inferior to men, how long would humankind last on the earth? It would last like one generation or maybe half of a generation. But if women were trying to push men aside and take the ascendancy over men, how long would humanity last? It wouldn't last very long. It would last about half a generation maybe. We both are complementary as, as an expression of the image of God. As we are walking through this earth, we've all got an incredibly important part to play in this world Because we are all a carrier, my friends, of the image of God upon which, my friends, he wants to bestow and place his glory. God wants to put his very best onto each one of us. I tell you, I've got five kids and I've been very blessed to be there for the delivery of all five of them. One of my children, when when born, came out and was very, very quiet. And just sat there and looked around, just, just really, really quiet, just really quiet like this. And then the next child, when that next child came out, that next child came out and in, in the womb, that child was real rough and tumble and would kick and push and whatever. That child came out and, and literally as the nurse caught that child, as that child flew, that child went, ah! And I tell you what, just looking at that first impression of who those two children were right at their first breath in the earth, I can look back now and I can say that I can actually recognize their personality inside of them. That same amazing little gift of God that was given to the earth, for me to be the steward of. And I want to say this to you. God has given us each other for us to be the stewards of the good things of God. I want to come back to that in a little while, but let's have a look at this. The glory of God 
is at work in this earth. And I want to show you something from Psalm 104, verses 1 to 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great. You are clothed with honour and majesty, who cover yourself with light as a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Now, the rest of this passage, the rest of this psalm goes on and talks about the wonderful deeds of God, all of the great things that God has done, the magnificent works of creation and His great power. But here at the beginning in verse, at the end of verse 1 and the start of verse 2, it says some curious things about God. It says, God, O Lord my God, you are great. You are clothed with honour and majesty. You cover yourself with light as a garment. God covers Himself in a glory that we can't really understand because because underneath the very essence of who he is is far greater than what we can comprehend. And the only thing that we can comprehend is a glory so great that we can't look at it for very long. Like when you look at the sun for a little while, we all know the sun's there, but how smart are we if we stand there staring at the sun? We can't do it for very long because if we do it, we reach a point, my friends, a point of overload where our physical capacity cannot handle that which is greater than it, right? And so when God wants to represent to the earth what He's like, not in what He does, but in the very nature of who He is, He talks to us about wrapping Himself in an inapproachable light. And so when we try to understand the nature of who God is, We understand that God is more than we can handle. God is more than enough. And when we come into a relationship with God, we come into a God who comes into, we come into a relationship with God who invades our world and pulls things apart and changes them so that they will never be the same again. When I was 21 years of age, I had an encounter with God at church. I walked in in darkness I had really long, straggly bogan hair. I smelt like grog because I was working at a, at, a, at a pub back in those days. I'd been living that lifestyle and God had been drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. And I got to church and I'd heard the gospel when I was 13 and I'd responded to God. And when I got to church this one day, it's like this flood of something that felt normal, it felt like home, it felt like purity, it felt like more than enough was wanting to just pour out of my life in praise up to God. It felt like everything in this world that I thought I knew suddenly made no sense because of the love of God that was at work within me, right? And I was at, I was at this church and I was just full of the love of God. And, and the pastor gave the appeal and I got saved And then the next week I went back and I started worshipping God and I put my hands up for the first time in worship. I felt like I was completely like unworthy to do it, but I just started praising God with my hands up and my arms outstretched because of, not because I was trying to please Him, but because He was doing something in me that I knew was washing away the rubbish of my past and giving me His promise. He was putting a glory on my life. He was putting His nature within me so that He didn't have to come and write out commandment upon commandment telling me what I had to give up and what I had to let go and all the pleasures that I wasn't going to have to walk in anymore. He was coming putting in so something bigger, better and stronger that was well, than what was already in there. Amen. So the next week, 
I get really excited and I'm down. It's like Wednesday afternoon and I'm just full of the love of God and full of the, the fire of God. I didn't really know what was going on, but I just knew that God had invaded my world and there was no one around. And I was working and I had a shift where I was a duty manager in the hotel, but through the middle of the day, I'd do a few hours out in the drive through liquor store. And I'm out there in the bottle and no one's around. And I'm praying and I'm getting excited and I'm starting to worship. And so I kind of disappear into the, the back room and I raise up my hands and I start praising God and I start singing one of the songs. I couldn't remember all the words from Sunday, but I was just singing it anyway, getting real excited, raising my hands because I did that at church and God was awesome. And I raise up my hands and I'm singing away to the Lord, singing away like this, just real quiet, real quiet, but singing, 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 singing away like this. And in comes a representative from one of the wine companies. I'm standing like, oh, must have looked like I was constipated, I don't know. But I'm standing there worshipping God. And she looks at me and she goes, are you okay? I said, I am. She said, is the boss around? Like looking straight past that thing. I said, do you mean the boss, Jesus? And she's like, no, no, the boss. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I don't even know how to witness. And that lady, you know, she went through and she went to the boss and the boss came out like a week later and he said, I don't know what's happening with you, but just tone it down a bit. Just tone it down a bit. I give you that embarrassing story to share with you, man, that our, our God is not about trying to get on top of our lives and force us into a cookie-cut mold. Our God has made us in His image, and He wants to put His glory inside of us. He sees us as the best our life could possibly be. He is the greatest mentor you'll ever know. He is the greatest encourager you'll ever know. He is the greatest provider you will ever know. You take God seriously at His Word, and you do what He says, where He says, don't worry about doing all the religious stuff about trying to take the good seats at the feasts or be heard praying lengthy prayers in front of where all the people get together for their religious activities. But get yourself and lock yourself in your closet. Go and do that. Search me out in the closet and you watch what I do. So I started taking God for serious at that. And I started seeing really amazing scriptures like this in the Bible in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, it says this, By which we have been given, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through these promises, if it wasn't written in the Bible, if what I'm about to read here was made up by someone, you'd say, tell him he's dreaming. You'd say, this is ridiculous. Sometimes the things that God writes in this word are so crazy that if God didn't back them up as truth, that you can walk out and live in the real world, this religion would have died thousands of years ago. Because this is crazy talk if God doesn't back it up. Let's have a look. By which, you have been, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises, you, everybody say me, everybody say I, may be partakers of the divine nature. Say it with me. I may be a partaker of the divine nature. 
It's what the Bible says. This isn't the gospel of Tosh. This is Peter. When we were pastoring, had this lady in our church who was trying to build a house. And for week after week after week, the subcontractors would come and they would do half of a job. They would not turn up. They would reschedule. She foolishly paid them before they finished their work, which wasn't smart. And I was doing this series on the authority of God. And as I was teaching about the authority of God, about how God lives in us, so when we pray and we speak to mountains in our lives, those mountains see the glory of God on us, and it's as though God is commanding. I was, talk, I was teaching about this in this series that I was doing in the church. And this lady was worrying herself sick to the point where she was getting headaches and cramps all through her body because she was so worried about what was happening in the real world. And I said to her, you know, because she was coming for prayer and all that kind of thing, I said, have you tried to just speak to the mountains? She's, oh, I just don't know if I, I just don't know if I'm really able to do that. I don't really have faith. But I said, listen, God tells you to go and speak to the mountain. Do you believe that God loves you when he, when he, do you believe God loved you when he called you in? Did you know his love when he called you into the kingdom? And she's like, yeah. I said, well, the Bible says that he loves you, but the Bible also says that you're full of his spirit. You can go and speak to that mountain and see what happens. Well, the next week she comes in. Oh, Pastor Tosh, she runs out. She leaves her kids and her husband in the car. She runs in. Pastor Tosh, you wouldn't believe what happened. And she tells me this whole story that she got to Thursday. She was worrying herself sick again. She had headaches and migraines and whatever. She woke up on Thursday morning and she gets up and she says, All right, devil, I've had enough of this. You know, get behind me, Satan. She starts praying all this scripture that she knows. All of a sudden, the phone starts to ring. All of a sudden, the phone starts to ring. Between Thursday afternoon and all day Friday, the subcontractors are clamoring with each other to get in around each other to finish off their jobs around her home. Amen? See, our God is not just a God of theology. Our God is not just a God of, of happy, happy, fluffy feelings at the worship time. Our God is a God who's interested in bringing in a kingdom that makes right all of the wrong that's happened in this earth. Amen? When Jesus died on the cross, he died to redeem all creation, not just to save a few people who want to call themselves a church. He had a mandate on him that not only has he provided salvation for every soul that's born on the earth, he's actually created restitution for the brokenness and the, and the sin that's at work outside of humans, but inside nature. The Bible says that all of creation that's like the trees and the rocks and all that, that groans with eager expectation that creation will receive the same salvation that we've received in our soul. That's how massive God's plan for the earth is, amen? And I get stuck thinking about how silly I am. I get stuck thinking about, oh, I don't have faith for this. We all get stuck thinking about, oh, I don't know about what if I can believe God for this or that or the next. But I wanna tell you, my friends, you're made in the image of God and you're made for the glory of God. When we come into His presence and we just simply worship Him, His presence starts to shake and rip to pieces the strongholds of Satan inside of our lives and push forward in us the boundaries that we never thought we could break through by ourselves. But we see God do them on our behalf. 
See, if I was going to make a second point here, I'd say this. Your God's image nested in his plan for the earth. Where God's image nested inside of his plan for the earth. God wants to restore everything. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 17 and verse 26 and 27, For he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. So my friends, God is telling us in this passage that he has determined the times of our life, when you're going to be born on the earth, when you're going to die on the earth, the opportunities that are going to come your way. God has given you a mandated time frame to live your life by in the earth. But although he has he given us a mandated time frame. It also says that he has given us the boundaries of our dwellings, the boundaries of our lives. Some of us might be thinking, oh, gee, I've got some boundaries in this area. I've got some problems where I can't break through in this area of my life. There's this, there's this fence that's holding me back from going where I want to go, whether it's a source of a sense of inner peace. It might be a financial issue. It could be with your physical health. It could be with your career. It could be in anything. There could be challenges and boundaries set up in your face right now, trying to intimidate you and make you feel like you can't get through. But here, as the passage reads on, here's the answer for that. It says here that he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, watch this, my friends, so that they should seek the Lord. Those boundaries are set up so that we will come to him. Amen? Didn't Jesus say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Amen? Because he wants us just to come into his presence, meet with him, and let him do his great work in us. I was one time, I was in... uh, I was in uh, a country. I was in a country in, in Asia where you're not allowed to go and preach the gospel. And uh, as I was there, as normally happens with me when I go, unfortunately into Asia, I get very sick. And I was very sick. And I went to this church, and there was a lady there who had these cataracts on her eyes. And as we were praying. And as God was, was speaking in the church, I just prayed for her and I prayed, God, just, just, just heal this woman, heal this woman. And I was fully expecting her to get healed and I, and I didn't see it happen. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I've seen you do all kinds of things before. Heal this woman. I was just praying, praying over her. And God just said to me, just, 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 just take it easy. I want to say this to you. We don't have to be aggressive and forceful with our, with our prayers all of the time. Sometimes it rises up like fire. But sometimes it's just really important to listen to the goodness of God. Amen. Sometimes it's just important to just listen to what God has to say. And God says to me, just, just get these people over here who we'd been praying with before and they'd been starting to get healed themselves. Get them praying over here with her. And you go on and you pray for some other people. And so I go out there and I just go on and I'm starting to pray for other people. Well, all of a sudden, this lady with these cataracts on her eyes they start coming open, just like that. This one eye opens up and then she's, she's looking around and God's met her. I want to say this. You don't have to have like a, a bullet train of faith and prayer constantly pouring out of you. The Bible says to us that he just wants us to walk with him. Amen. 
He just wants us to listen to the voice of His Spirit. And sometimes His Spirit is like a fire that can't be denied. But sometimes His voice is a still small voice. And we can't predetermine what God's going to do for us. All we can do is humble ourselves. Amen. Humble ourselves under the, the mighty voice of the Lord, under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, you watch those barriers fall, my friends. Amen. In due time, the Scripture says we will be exalted. And I want to just finish on a couple of little passages here. Another sermon title I could have given this sermon on the way through. Well, I was thinking about what do I share on Father's Day. Another title I might have given this is some things that I've learned from God about being a dad. Because on my journey of being a dad, I've been very blessed with five wonderful, healthy, incredibly smart kids. I'm just, I, I feel like I'm the most blessed dad in the world, and I'm sure every parent here feels the same way too. But one of the things that, that I've, I've really learned from God, not only are they all individual, are they all unique, one of the things that I've, I've learned from God is about me, is about the gift that those kids are to me in helping me to learn what it is to serve. Now, my friends, Jesus came and he died on the cross as the greatest servant that ever lived, amen? Paid the greatest debt that was ever paid. And we can never graduate from the greatest blessing, which is just being a servant wherever we find ourselves. Now, you school, you school students may be thinking, well, well, I've got a long way before I'm, before I'm a father. I, I don't need to listen to this message. Or oh, you, can, you might feel like you can, you can take or leave a little piece of it. But think about this. At your school, what would it mean if you were to just reach out to someone who was a year younger than you and just share Christ with them? Or just show the love of God to someone? Or someone two years younger than you, the incredible influence you can have in someone's life, you know, that's you, I believe, walking in the image of God the Father. Concern for people who can't give back, but just can give because of the love that's within you. What I've learned about being a dad is the greatest blessing that I can have is listening to my kids declare what their needs are, being a servant to them and watching them flourish. Really, just taking the time to listen to my kids and be a servant to them. And I want to say, the heart of Jesus was to be the Savior of the earth. The heart of the Holy Spirit, right, is, is to move and save and to draw in those who are now lost. But the heart of the Father is to work inside of us to draw out the best future for us that we could possibly ever imagine. Amen? Now, you know, this last, this last season of life that I've been through, has unfortunately seen my kids lose their mum. Life can be tough. Life can throw some really difficult things at you. And I want to say this. Life isn't all about the happy times and the, and the joy. Sometimes in the difficult things that we face, God does incredibly significant things on the inside of us that when we get out on the other end, we can look back and say, wow, God, you've been good in the middle of a very difficult situation. And I want to say this. It doesn't matter what difficult things that you've been through. God has still got the heart of a father looking down, listening 
for you to declare what your need is to him. God, God, I just come to you. My heart's broken about this thing. God, I come to you. Would you work in the life of such and such? God, I just come to you. Come to him with a heart of a child expecting to see a father pour out into your life. And I promise you, you take him seriously and you lock him, you lock yourself away inside that prayer closet and you watch what he does. Now, come with me to the, uh, we're going to revisit just as I close up here. That verse again from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Have a look at this in Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 12. I'll just go straight to that. This is Paul praying like a fatherly prayer over his people. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ might be glorified in you. We get that as the church. We love to pray that prayer. Jesus, be glorified in me. Jesus, I want to see your name lifted high through my life. We get that. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ might be glorified in you. But Paul says this, and you in him. Paul's fatherly prayer for them was that, that you would be glorified in him that you would come to know what you've been created for on this earth because of him. Have a look at this one. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. That you would walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. God is calling us into his kingdom and he's calling us to rise up, be dignified by him in ways that no one in the world can comprehend, with answers that you never even thought you knew you needed yet. Things that are from beyond this world that when implanted inside of you will change you and you'll never be the same. Things that will wash away the shame and the pain and the guilt of the past and put a fire and a hope in you that you know you've always wanted. If I could just get everybody here right now to close our eyes, bow our heads and give those around us a moment of privacy. I want to ask, my friends, if God's interested in putting His glory on your life, He's not interested in coming in and saying, you haven't done it right. You haven't done this. You didn't get that done. Oh, you failure in that area. No, no, no. He's a father who's coming along and he's got the answers. And all he wants from us is to say, God, I just humble myself before you right now. Speak to me and show me where these answers integrate into the areas that are holding me back. If that's you, I just want you to receive right now into your heart and into your spirit the presence of God, the completed work of Jesus. And just thank Him that you can now walk by faith and not by sight. You can leave those things behind and you can move onwards. just want to ask everybody here, while we've got our heads, clo- head, heads bowed and our eyes closed, 
If you're here tonight and you've been in the worship and you're listening to God's word being preached and you're hearing it and you know something's going on inside of you and it's like, I want what God has for me. You might not be able to articulate it, but let me explain it like this. The Bible says that we've all fallen short of his glory, but he wants to put his glory back on us. But the wages of falling short, the wages of sin is separation separation from God. The wages of our falling short have separated us. It's by our choice to walk away from what we know is right. We've separated our God, ourselves from God to walk away from Him, to entertain those things. But that Bible verse doesn't finish by saying that the wages of sin is death. It goes on and it concludes by saying, but the gift of God not the workload of God, not the pathway of, of, of trying harder. No, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that eternal life isn't something that's just for when you die. My friend, the Bible promises that he's going to take his eternal life and plant it inside of the garden of your heart. And all it takes for us to receive what God has for us, to receive that grace which is from outside of this world all it requires of us is to say yes and if that's you tonight in this place and you're hearing God speak to you not the preacher not the worship leader not the ushers at the front door but you feel like God's doing something inside you I want you to respond to him your heart to his heart and I want to pray for you right now but if that's you and you feel God doing something, I want you to respond to him and just let him in. And if you're doing that right now, I want you to just raise your hand so I know who I'm going to pray for in a moment. There may only be one person in this room. There might be more than one. And if that's you, you want to say, tonight's the night I want to get my life and give it into the hands of God. Slip your hand up right now so I know who I'm praying for, friends. I see that hand over there. Anyone else? You want to say, that's me tonight. I see your hand there, ma'am. Anyone else? I see your hand up the back there, young man. The best decision you'll ever make. You too, young man. Best decision you'll ever make. Anyone else tonight want to say, tonight's my night, Jesus. I'm going to give my life to you. I see your hand here, young lady. Spirit of God is all over you in the white shirt. Hallelujah. Anyone else tonight just want to make your life right with him? Not by your work, but by his. He's been four or something like that. I can't count. I'm going to pray a little prayer, friends. We'll pray it phrase by phrase, and I'll start. You follow along. Is that cool? It's a little prayer of dedication. Heavenly Father, I come in Jesus' name, and I receive what your gift is to me, salvation in Jesus. I thank you that the old is gone and that the new has come. And you're going to lead me by your spirit. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together, friends, and thank the Lord for what he's doing here tonight. Just quickly, before I hand over, let's all just stand together. I just want to pray really quickly for you if you've got a, a need for healing in your body. 
Let me just see your hand. I just want you to raise your hand where you are right now. See some hands up and around. If we could just get a few people to just reach out to their neighbours right now. Reach out and about to the ones standing close by you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that without you, we stand on nothing. But Lord, with you, we stand on your promises, your word which created the heavens and the earth. And your word promises, Lord, that these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall do many things, but one of those is they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall be healed. We declare your word, Lord God, which says that the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings and we speak healing into these bodies right now in Jesus' Name. We declare that the bondages of Satan are broken over our brothers and sisters, that freedom is loosed into their bodies right now and that as we pray and as we worship, as we sit in Your presence, Lord God, those shackles fall from these bodies. Freedom is proclaimed, Lord God. Healing is delivered. We declare it right now in Jesus' mighty Name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me in tonight. Who am I passing over to right now? Pastor Dan, the mighty man of God. Pastor B, it's always a pleasure and a privilege. God bless you. God, have, God bless you guys. Have a great week. And I trust that God will really be with you, draw you closer to Him and just show you who you can just reach out to, who it is in your world that your love is going to make the difference for. Amen. God bless.